You're coming from eat, sleep, suplex, retweet, on Hello all and a happy 2018 from us at Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retweet. Back for, back for the second year as a podcast. I am your host this week, Stephen Wilson. And I am joined, strangely enough, from this, by the same panel of fans I was with last week. <laughs> who the fought? Do you have the what? I have the same cough as last week as well. <laughs> it's so strange. You should we probably, have even probably less go see a doctor. You just get sick all the time, don't you? You should probably get that checked. Anyway, for those of you who, for those of you who don't know them, here are the panel this week. First, to my right, known to be found near near tucks and raffles at wrestling events. It's Stephen Louch. Stephen. Hi, Stephen. Still very hungover from New Year's Eve. What a night it was. <laughs> 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 Absolutely, and still in Scotland, <laughs> we have the true and one and only cult of personality, Chris Murray. Hello, Stephen. How is it going? I'm good. I'm good. I'm glad it's 2018. 2017 was giving me a rash. Big thanks to. <laughs> you should get that checked out. Big thanks on my shoulder. Big oh, thanks to Jim Johnson for doing our entrance music since he got uh, the sack from WWE. <laughs> Yeah, absolutely. And next to Chris, we've got the one and only, the broken bed bandit, is Joshua Hong. Hi. <laughs> I don't know how bed bandit sounds kind of scary. Did you, know, did you not get a new bed for Christmas? Uh, no. <laughs> you just got the next, uh, you got the next edition of WrestleCrate. Yes. <laughs> and next to Josh, soon to be seen on all television screens on E! Entertainment, the one and only total diva, Stacey Smith. That is the dream, Stephen. That is the dream. <laughs> and so- Happy New Year! Yeah, that's that could, that's what it could be for 2018. You could see you on Total Divas. That is the dream. <laughs> and next to Stacey, we have got the man who is the king of kayfabe, the modern-day Maharaja. The, to, to many, it's not deserved. In fact, to all, it's not deserved. He's the he's a suplex retweet world champion from last week, last year. It's David Hockney, the reigning defending suplex retweet champion. Thank you very much. And that's modern day Maharaja to you. The modern day Maharaja is, of course, my best friend and yours, Jinder Mahal. <laughs> so you don't like so Jinder, you don't but like you'll take his gimmick. <laughs> I'm starting this in 2018 already. Gimmick infringement something. Get sued for that. And the final member of our panel is the man who will enforce the gimmick infringement. It's James Murphy. Have a groovy new year, everyone. Hello, hello. <laughs> groovy. 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 It's radical. Tubular. It's like the adjective they used to describe a Scooby-Doo mystery or something. Absolutely. And, and you're quite groovy, dude, too. And next, and next to us for another year, it's our EP, the Capri Sun King, Kwaku Aji. <laughs> Happy New Year, one and all. Yes, a very happy suplex retweet you yield. Everybody have a good hug, Minnie. It was 
Yes. Yeah. It, it, it was all right, yeah. <laughs> tell, tell them what happened, David. Tell them what happened. <laughs> oh, yeah, I, I, I sat in the house with my own and just had a drink. That was it. Oh. <laughs> with my championship, of course. Yeah. <laughs> champagne. Who needs friends when you've got a championship? Yeah. <laughs> Yes, so this is our first show of 2018, not recorded live, but pre-recorded for all you subscribers to us on iTunes and any other podcasting site. So, what will we be doing today? Well, we'll be talking about what's go- what we think is going to happen in the coming year from all promotions around the world. We'll be going to Japan, we'll be going up the road to the ABC, and we'll end up wherever WWE feel like going in 2018. I think I forgot my passport. <laughs> <laughs> It's alright, David's got five. I don't have five passports. Why would you say that? Someone should tell the police. (laughs) (laughs) After the Hogmanay he had, I think the police may be rummaging around these properties very shortly. Plus he can't defend the title if he's in jail, so I've got a vested interest. (laughs) (laughs) A match against the Mountie. New Year, same same (laughs) beatdown. I know why. I know why he stayed in the house because the title was hardcore rules, and he knows at a party he'd be he'd be. I'd be, uh, I'd be in trouble. Yeah. <laughs> It'd be open to all comers. Before Gerald Briscoe sneaks out his window. <laughs> what dress in an evening gown? <laughs> right, let's start off with what's happening in 2018. And there's one place to start, and it's what's happening tomorrow in the Far East. Yes, we are talking about New Japan Pro Wrestling. And the second to many people some people say it's the first but to many people it's the biggest event outside of wrestlemania worldwide we are talking about wrestle kingdom 12. Woo! <laughs> <laughs> let's feel the excitement around the around the room it's probably going to be the first uh, wrestle kingdom i'm going to watch start to finish same yeah ah, interesting it's definitely going to be well. the first one that i will start to finish <laughs> <laughs> it'll, be, it'll be the first wrestle kingdom i'm ever going to watch live first one probably going to watch bell to bell and I'm actually quite excited for it. Not, no, sounds bad that I'm tuning in for the Wrestle Kingdom that's got the WWE guy <laughs> going to it, but you know, yes. it's still going to be good. To, to introduce you to Wrestle Kingdom and they have, they have promotion as a whole, we go on to our champion, David, I joke. <laughs> <laughs> Let's hand over to our resident New Japan expert. It's Joshua Hall. Right, so first of all, forgive the cough and the sore throat, but yes, let's talk about New Japan Pro Wrestling. So, first of all, uh, I know a lot of people will be watching Wrestle Kingdom for the first time this year. It's usually my favourite show of the year. It's worth noting that it is coming more to a Western audience these days because of the English commentary that's available, making it a bit more accessible, as well as it's now available on uh, Amazon Fire Stick and, and things like that. Um, it has a 9.99 yen price. So that's like a wee in joke for the hardcore wrestling fan who know <laughs> the significance of the 9.99 number. Uh, and they've been partner, uh, partnering with Ring of Honor, um, bringing Japan talent to the West and vice versa. So it's a very exciting year and wrestling's becoming you know, a lot more international, I guess, uh, in terms of which stars are mixing where. So it's an absolutely stacked card, but with time constraints and accessibility in mind, we're just going to hand pick a few kind of moments and matches to talk about. Yes, so the first of which we would like to talk about is a match which has dominated the Dutch sheets over the last couple of months to anybody who's a wrestling fan, not just New Japan, but also WWE and anybody wide. We're talking about the, the match which will be for the IWGP United States Heavyweight Championship. First time ever defended at a Wrestle Kingdom, Wrestle Kingdom show. It will be Kenny Omega, the leader of the Bullet Club, taking on the Alpha, the one and only 
the Ayatollah of Rock and Roller. Thank you, I couldn't remember that one. Chris Jericho. Guys, this is a match. Guys and ladies, sorry. But this is a match which has captured the wrestling audience. We talked about it briefly last week on our Roundup of 2017 show. What's your thoughts of Chris Jericho returning to Japan after so long to take on arguably the greatest wrestler on the planet in Kenny Omega? So I'll, I'll just give a bit of background first of all, right, before we kind of get into the thoughts. So um, basically uh, this new IWGP United States Championship is part of Japan's plan to expand to American audiences. So it's only been around for four months yet. You've already got Kenny Omega claiming that he's made it the second most important championship in the world. Uh, basically what happened was uh, a few months ago at New Japan Power Struggle, after defeating Beretta, who some of you will know for his WWE um, yeah. run a few years ago, um, Chris Jericho uh, appeared to the shock of the world uh, in his first wrestling appearance in another promotion in about 20 years. Um, a few, he challenged, so he challenged Omega to a match at Wrestle Kingdom and a few weeks later at Tag League, Jericho assaulted Kenny Omega with an incredibly vicious attack. It's not the Jericho that you're used to in WWE. It was incredibly vicious. He laid out Kenny Omega with his fists and then um, basically burst Kenny Omega wide open before wiping the blood over his own face and then assaulting multiple New Japan Pro Wrestling staff. Um, it makes a big statement, it's not the Chris Jericho we're used to and so I think that's uh, a sign that Jericho's wanting to prove himself in a more physical organisation. Um, I think that we've, we've, we've mentioned that the prize is the United States Championship however if you look at how this is being billed and hyped uh, both men kind of see this for the rights to say that they are the best in the world and I think that's actually the real prize that's up for grabs here yeah excellent so guys I'm opening up to the panel what's your thoughts on this potentially massive match for it's, New Japan it was something that built up we'd initially seen <coughs> we'd seen them come together on Jericho's podcast about probably about a year ago now I think it was when uh, Omega was home last Christmas and then there was a slow building of a Twitter feud and a lot of people had speculated it was going to be towards the uh, the cruise that Jericho's got going on next year because it's got a tie in with Ring of Honor I thought maybe they're going to do something there to try and help sell tickets to it but it was one of those true moments where it was that it, you didn't see it coming it wasn't expected and you seen him come out and then they took it on you thought oh that'll be Jericho until January then you see him come out and do the, one of the very simplest angles you can see but it was also that shocking moment of I've not seen Jericho around blood in good 10, 11 years Mm-hmm. so seeing that angle and I'm fully going for it and being and then the next day they had a press conference and they went at each other again there it was one of those where you're like oh, those guys really hate each other it's not just a match for a title there's pride <coughs> and back, bragging rights at the back of that as well I've got a squeaky chair <laughs> <laughs> um, so that's what's really drawn it in for me is they've, went, they've got this really great wrestling product they maybe struggle a bit getting that over to a Western audience, but they've taken the most simple of wrestling storylines and they're drawing attention into the product. So there's already a number of people in uh, the group here have said it's going to be the first one to see it's, it's doing the right thing. Because although, in terms of you're talking numbers, Jericho's got over three million Twitter followers. Omega, for always best in the world, when this feud started, was only a few hundred thousand. So this is massive exposure to. Although we all talk about WWE and different things they're a whole different world when it comes to exposure so all mm, these other yeah. guys in the card that are going to see this are getting pulled in by this match and then you see the other matches and they'll go oh Christ these guys can go in the ring as well 
No, yeah, totally. I mean, it's it's gonna be it's gonna be unique in the fact that say Jericho has not been in Japan for was about twenty years something when he was in w, just before his WCW run. So I've got here that the last time he wrestled for New Japan was September twenty third, nineteen ninety eight. Ooh, so that's just, a bit, just that's shy. shy of twenty years. Yeah, that's, just, that's about twenty years. I was not bad, I guess. So. I think something that's quite interesting as well is that Stephen mentioned the Twitter feud that's been going on between these stars. But I think everyone would have expected that if the match was to happen, it would be for Kenny Omega to make, I guess, what's perceived as the step up to WWE. Yes, that's the, that was the big rumour. Now, now the independent scene are basically saying, no, this is where the game is. And Chris Jericho actually leaving WWE to go and work in Japan makes a massive statement about where wrestling's at in well, 2018. Well, does it, does I don't it, think he's leaving WWE. He's doing a one-off yeah, performance. It doesn't really in my opinion. There's a, big, there's a lot of rumours going about that Vince and Triple H are in on this, whole, on this whole Jericho being in New Japan as a way of getting Omega into WWE. And there was a lot of talk that they were going to maybe try and build towards a rematch at WrestleMania. Jericho has is, is openly came out and said that's not going to happen because he's got a Fozzie tour, so he won't be at WrestleMania. But with Jericho, he's the one guy in WWE, in WWE who you never know when he, he says he's not going to show up and he, he shows up. You know, He's the one guy you can never take for granted. In that it's, type. it's definitely something that won't happen in Mania this year because Omega's under contract until January of next year. So he's one of the few people that... New Japan learned a lesson from the likes of Nakamura, etc. Even a few years ago, that they got him in a two-year deal, so they weren't the risk of people going away. Um, and I think what you're saying there is right. That this is although WWE is is the biggest game for an English speaker, etc. But there is guys out there in independence, you know, showing that you can work away, and it is to see that jump and go, I'm going to do it because Jericho isn't in contract. He said quite openly on his own podcast that he phoned Vince out of courtesy because like, I've worked for you for 20 years I see he's a father figure they had a quick 5 minute conversation you see it didn't affect it because Vince was still tweeting about he might not run his social media account but if he wasn't happy with me he wouldn't have this go out he tweeted him happy birthday a couple of days after it so I don't think there's an animosity it's just Jericho going hey boss I want to go and be a main attraction here I'm still a WWE guy however this is what I'm going to go and do Vince is like well, that's fine doesn't really affect our business in the UK S at the moment and it's given him it then comes back and he's got whatever happens to this match he's got people talking about Jericho again so it makes him a bigger star when he comes back that here's the guy that went out and defended WWE Honor and had that move also another thing is that like this works in both parties favour because mm. WWE one of it's, it's probably their second quietest week of the whole year. Is the it's in the fourth of January, right? Yeah. So it's the year. second quietest. It's, it's tomorrow. Yeah, tomorrow. yeah. Second quietest um, week of the year for WWE behind probably the week in between Christmas and New Year. So for for them to like, I know it's not how it works, but for Vin, Vince to sort of let Jericho go off and do this, it totally works in his favor. It's gonna it's gonna bring if anything, it's gonna bring more fans to both parties. So it works. Um, both people's favour and I also was just reading there that um, both uh, wrestlers are from Winnipeg in Canada which I totally did not know he's from Winnipeg yeah you know who else is from Canada loads of wrestlers <laughs> don't even don't even <laughs> <laughs> don't say it <laughs> that, that, say it the greatest it. Indian wrestler of all time the great colleagues from Canada <laughs> <laughs> they've also got as well you've got uh, Don Callis who's part of the English commentary team is also from Winnipeg so they've been joking that it'll be called the Winnipeg Dome on that night <laughs> it's just all the Winnipeg coming together and um, merging into was, this was that like Chris's joke from the square go about Thomas refereeing Thomas versus Thomas ah yes <laughs> <laughs> triple time but we're, ta- but we're talking 
talk about that in a wee bit. I mean, we could talk about Omega and Jericho all day, but I'm going to open up to the panel who's going to be winning this battle of the giants in wrestling, Jericho or Omega? I think that... Uh, I'll start, guys. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, I, it's difficult because you have to think about it from a KPA perspective and you have to think about it from a, a non-KPA perspective. But, like, I think that this is going to be part of... I know we've been on this trajectory for ages, but I think it's going to be part of uh, Kenny's trajectory of m moving back up the card um, in New Japan, even though the match might go on last, which makes no sense. Um, <laughs> and the other side of the coin is, like, if Jericho's got one date, then um, is he ever going to be back? So why would he win the belt and, he's and they wouldn't be able to defend it or whatever have you? Mm. Um, the other interesting thing that I'm curious about is that the match is no disqualification. I'm intrigued yeah. to see how yeah. that will play into You don't really get many of those type of matches in New Japan. The thing about New Japan is it's usually just a straightforward one-on-one. -on -one. Same with Ring of Honor. They're all really their traditional style. So the fact that they're going to have a no DQ match in Japan, I mean, it's, it shows it maybe not going to be your tradition. It's not going to be like the Okada series. I don't think it's not going to be for the purists. It might be a bit... And they've kind of built that up in the way with the blood feuds and things. Uh, the press conference where Jericho threw a table. That was something. <laughs> Just that, literally yeah. chucked that table up. They used different tables over there, right? <laughs> That's solid. Um, but yeah. So I just... I, I'm going to go away from... Because all logic says Omega. Because he's their guy. Jericho's coming in acting like they're bigger. When they added the no DQ stipulation, maybe something fishy going to happen here. But Jericho's also, because they've had the big argument about what's the true main event between the, the main event, the title match, and then this match. Um, so there's been a bit of back and forth with Naito uh, between him and Jericho. And it's been announced that Jericho will be at the show that's the night after. And that's quite often in New Japan from watching back is one of the shows where your next big things start to happen. So that's where we've seen Bullet Club leaders change and start to start the trajectory towards the next uh, Wrestle Kingdom. So if that, to me, say Jericho wins, say Naito takes the title match, then that gives a reason for him to come back, then leads again to a rematch where you get uh, Omega taken the title for the first time and also getting a win back over Jericho so I don't think it's as cut and dried as being a one-off mm. interesting anybody else get any more thoughts before we move on from that sorry who did you guys pick as, as winning uh, I see Omega winning uh, Jericho I'm saying Omega as well I'd say Omega I'd say Omega I think if it's a one-off match Omega if it becomes more than a one-off match then we could see Jericho get the win but see, it's hard to kind of tell at this stage something I'm quite if, if, if he's not going on tour with Fozzie though can you imagine if Chris Jericho joined the Bullet Club how sick would that be I, I don't think they need him I, I, mean, I, 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 I would actually hate that yeah me I too don't, I, don't, I don't think me too but, but also I mean something I'm excited about is for the first time in a long time I feel like Jericho has an opponent that I genuinely want to cheer for more than Jericho so the bad guy thing is really working in his favour here just wishful I'm, thinking I'm absolutely behind Kenny Omega on this one I want Kenny to win it I think Kenny Omega will win it well the thing as well about Omega is before this whole Jericho thing came about he was originally meant to face Kota Ibushi and this is where the other matches we'll talk about because this is one of the matches that probably be one that more suit the panel overall compared to some of the other match on the card it's going to be where Kota Ibushi was originally going to be t challenging for the Ring of Honor world title but that's now changed but he is still going to be fighting Cody or better known to anybody as Cody Rhodes 
The American so, Nightmare versus uh, that's his, uh, that's his title, yeah, isn't it? Yeah. 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 The American Nightmare versus the Golden Star. Interesting. Yeah, so, uh, as, as Stephen said, it was originally for the Ring of Honor Heavyweight Championship, but basically Dalton Castle has, has taken that from Rhodes at Final Battle. Right. I actually think that this Why is a, a really <laughs> positive thing for the show because when you have a title... Uh, sorry, an external company's title being defended on your show. Yeah. It kind of adds this element of predictability, which yeah. I don't think fans enjoy. So I think it's good that it's just now for bragging rights. I think it's an exciting match because both of these stars are typically kind of top of the, I guess, I guess what you could describe the as the mid-card mid of their promotions. Yeah, I think a lot of people think that both of them could be the best in their scene. So it's a really exciting rivalry. Mm -hmm. Cody Rhodes, former Intercontinental okay. Champion for WWE. Ibushi, former IWGP Junior Heavyweight Champion, which he took from Prince Devitt at WrestleMania, sorry, Wrestle Kingdom 8. Um, he really said WrestleMania. Yeah, <laughs> and he said WrestleMingdom. <laughs> I, don't, I don't know what that is. But um, yeah, so... Um, I think that, yeah, a lot of fans also know I mean, uh, Ibushi from his run in the Cruiserweight yeah, Classic. I mean, yeah. him, 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 did, did everybody see the, the Cruiserweight Classic and see Ibushi's work in that? Yes. Right, Ibushi was killing it. I um, Chris, no, you've jumped to a I've, different I've mic. I've changed my points. <laughs> um, I, I am not of the norm where I think that um, uh, Ibushi and also uh, Tanahashi, which one's called Hiromu? Right, Tanahashi then. Taka, I think Takahashi. No, no, ta I mean Tanahashi. Uh, yeah, I mean Tanahashi. I think him, <laughs> him and Ibushi are both like. He's just for you to say. Two of the most overrated wrestlers. I'm. I'm I've been watching. Ooh. I've been watching New Japan for like less Thanks than a year, and I'm already sick of both. <laughs> Personally, I couldn't disagree anymore. I actually think Ibushi might be one of my favorites in the entire world, at least top five. Every time he has a match. He, he always tends to come up short to look at a kind of another main event talent so I guess recently he lost to Tanahashi for the IWGP Intercontinental Championship um, he lost to Nakamura in his last uh, Wrestle Kingdom appearance which was I think two years ago um, I think he's one of the most exciting performers in the world and the fact that he keeps coming back um, and being booked in these big matches despite not really being who the companies want to push it says a lot about him as a performer as well and I think that the reason TJ Perkins was such a credible winner of the Cruiserweight tournament was entirely because he knocked off the favourite, and that was it, Ibushi. What, sorry? Knocked, knocked off. off. Oh, right. so, so I think we have Ibushi. Um, so I went on holiday, you end up in a downward spiral of going through YouTube. Um, mm. But seeing with Ibushi, it's, I think, again, my wrestling uh, love comes from personality and I don't really get that from the Japanese guys as much as I do in others. But something I would say about it is he's so well rounded because we see him in these really top quality matches being in the Cruiserweight Classic this year. But he's also been in mad crazy hardcore type matches so I think a lot of people have seen the footage of him standing on top of a car letting off fireworks at Jimmy Havoc, Stacey shakes her head. Um, and there's a really good video being put together. Um, it was on Twitter. I think it's that was it, Mister Lariato that does a lot of Japanese guys. Yeah, 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 yeah Mister Lariato. Uh, yeah. So he put like a little two-minute video up, and it's all these crazy moments, so like Ibushi driving a bike in the river. So all stuff from when he was at DDT um, in Japan, which is a bit more on the kind of wild side. So that's where the Omega nine-year-old girl and blow-up doll matches came from. <laughs> yeah. But that's it's to be able to do that mixture of be a great <laughs> Stacey looks at me again in bewilderment. Mm -hmm. Sorry, we've got uh, this is a signed podcast, so you can see what people's faces say. But there is just that variety in him that he can do the cruiserweight style. He left a great impression. Didn't want to be under a WWE contract. Went back to Japan. 
done a bit kind of in and out. I think he's been under a mask gimmick for a while as yeah, well. Yeah, it was came it was, away from it. It um, wasn't really on the card at the last at the last one. No, no, he was on the so, he was on the New Japan Rumble to start with. But yeah, the thing about it, that's just two of the matches we've highlighted. There is as a stacked card. Who do you think will win that match? I think. Well, we spoke about this at one point. If the Ring of Honor title was on the line, it was going to be Cody. However, because the Ring of Honor title is <laughs> not on the line, I think it'll be Cody. I was going to say Kota Bushi probably. I would definitely say. I'd be more inclined My to say Kota Bushi. Cody! Because I know who he is. I know him! That's an okay reason to be behind someone, in my opinion, though. I, I really like both of them. I think it's an exciting match between two men who have both turned down WWE's money and exposure. Uh, I'm going to go with Kota Bushi. I think he really deserves this win. See, so, so yeah, it is a stacked card from top to bottom. There is some great matches on there. We've got the the tag team type championship on the line. The Killer Elite squad made up of a team who have actually done well in Japan. Davy Boy Smith and the former Lance Hoyt. It wouldn't be a team that stand out in oh, yeah. past times. They'll, they'll, they'll be defending the title. Uh, we've got the first ever Fatal 4-Way match for the IWGP Junior Heavyweight Championship with our UK's own Marty Skirrow. We'll be Woo! defending it against Hiromu Takahashi Kushida, is that, is that right to pronounce? Yeah. And Will Osprey from the UK as well. Uh, Hiroshi At- Tanahashi will be defending the IWGP Intercontinental title against Slingblade Jay White. And the main event will see... Okada take on the winner of the G1 tournament. I can't pronounce his name. Naito. Tetsuya Naito. Tetsuya Naito. It's gonna be. A, it's, a, it's a great card. Try and pronounce his stable name. Los Ingobernables de Japón. Yeah. That's pretty close. Close Just just on that title match, I think this is one that's got quite a good story that may be a little lost to some people. So this is uh, Naito's second chance that he's won the. Uh, G1 that qualifies yeah. yeah. so he won it a few years ago but New Japan the management behind it weren't too enthralled with him so they actually held a fan vote where you could you were to vote which match would be the main event and it turned out that the, they lost the vote to the, the to their Intercontinental is it Intercontinental yeah, still yeah, called yeah. so they lost it to that so although he won the G1 he got his title match but it wasn't the main event and this is a story coming back around where he's went away He's had his excursion to Mexico, brought the stable was in there back to Japan, started causing turmoil, and this is him getting his opportunity to be the man. And that's where I think there's been that discord between him and Jericho. Him going, no, this is my main event. I'm worth it this time, and I deserve it. And Jericho's coming in and going, well, I'm the big star, you'll listen to me. So I think these guys coming after the Jericho and Omega match will really have something to prove between them. Yeah, essentially, Naito a few years ago was, you know, someone that the, was billed as a babyface but the fans never got behind him. Now he's gone away to Japan for a few years and come back as leader of Los and Gobernables. Oh, sorry, that's in Japan. <laughs> sorry, sorry. I, I have also been reliably told that uh, Cody Rhodes' wife will be on a U programme on the E network. <laughs> uh, that, that's a story for another day. Um, so, um, he's, come, he's, he's one of these guys that's gone away from the limelight of his company, made a name for himself elsewhere, come back a lot more well-rounded. He's come back as a villain, yet despite coming back as a villain, uh, sorry, a villain, um, the fans are entirely behind him. They absolutely love him. He's gone on to, Lawson and Gobern have gone on to become the biggest selling merch for New Japan. And when you've got, when I mean, you're in the same company as like Bullet Club, you know, that's a pretty big deal. And so, like Okada, obviously. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it's definitely going to be exciting. There's a little bit more history there because actually two years ago in 2016, uh, Naito actually did take the IWGP Heavyweight uh, Championship off of 
Kazuchika Okada for about two months mm-hmm. uh, and then um, Okada took it back um, so Okada has now been holding the belt for about just over 550 days um, so that this is one of those real comeback stories <laughs> it'll be interesting to see if Naito's momentum can carry him over yeah that should be it's, it's, it's a, a stat card it'll be great to watch and it is going to be on on Thursday January 4th so this coming Thursday Thursday morning so it's obviously the 10 hour difference so that should be a great card and that's something to look forward to and lead to the full year coming in New Japan right we're going to get a bit jet lagged and we're going to take the flight back <laughs> uh, we're back in will they let me in with my passport who's winning who's winning who's we're going to go back to come back to our very own Scotland and first the first thing obviously there's lots of things in Scotland as no, but we will talk about the first the one first it's ICW now, the first big thing that's happening is the Square Go. Now, we don't want to talk too much about the Square Go as we have a Square Go preview show coming up in a few weeks. But the Square Go is always an event for me that gets me right in the mood for the coming year in ICW. Kind of like the Royal Rumble, obviously. And I don't think I'm alone in thinking that on the, on the panel. So, we don't want to talk too much because we'll probably go into more when we actually talk about the Square Go. But it's, it's, it's the whole this year it's going to be a weekender as well, which is always, it's always good. Yep. I, I think on this one... Um, it's been quite unusual with them announcing the Fight Club being on the Monday night in the larger um, venue as well, because Fight Clubs, and just in pure honesty, have not really been selling out in the garages. It's like the smaller venue, so to see it in this bigger venue, I think we've got something big to be announced to try and get more tickets sold for it. It may just be that they're getting a really cheap rate for taking two days at the start of February, but to me, I, I, uh, the ABC. So it's two nights at the ABC, which is about a 1,200 venue. I suppose it's extra money, though, for ABC since ABC is usually... ABC is a really good venue yeah. for yeah. ICW. So it might be gigs. Uh, just, yeah. just with being a bigger venue, well, maybe it's more just in hope um, that we get the... Maybe we've got something big getting announced for the, the Fight Club on the Monday night. Because yeah. I've taken the two days off for it to be able to go along. Um, so it would, really, it would be good to see something, because ICW... Has maybe not been on the cutting edge of the bigger name imports. Would say in the last year or so, we've seen Discovery mm. in Edinburgh probably brought in like the Bullet Club, Omega, uh, with Cody in matches, uh, Will Osprey, Marty before he was in the Bullet Club. We've seen that be more the trajectory of Discovery, but ICW has been more of the some of the older names, um, which I think Dallas mentioned that the night he did a couple of weeks ago. That's maybe coming to the end. He's got all the names yeah. he wants to have on it. He won't be seeing the likes of Sabu and Rob Van Dam going forward. But I'd like to see it being the bang that starts this year because last year felt started quite slow for ICW. It was really shugs in July where I felt it kicking into gear yeah. Um, yeah. and becoming more as the year went on. So I'd really like to see that being a big bang event for this year. Let's get 20 years started. We want to be back to being the number one promotion in the UK that they've let slip away. Mm-hmm. So that's why I'm looking forward to just see where it goes. Yeah, I mean, the thing about it is with ICW, I mean, we don't want to talk too much obviously on that one event, but there's a few things I've kind of want to kind of ask the panel for the IC, about ICW as there's a lot of things going about. I mean, Stephen mentioned the exports and some of them might be going away, but there's always that thing that there is going to be some exports coming in to help sell these big shows. I mean, it might not be the guys in the attitude era like Dallas says he doesn't want, but we will see maybe a couple of them. Uh, one of the ones we kind of see is not really an export, but he is known from the WWE tournament. Joseph Connors is going is going to be at the next show at the Garage. Who really, from kind of that type of overseas type thing, do you expect to kind of see in an ICW ring in the current year? Let's open up to the panel. What we're thinking here. The so Mark said recently that uh, you kind of touched on it there. They're not, there's not going to be as many older talents <coughs> coming over, but maybe someone who we were talking about earlier, maybe one of or possibly both London and Kendrick could be back. 
I think that would be mm. absolutely amazing, but I don't know if that will happen. Uh, but I think another thing that he said is that the next sort of imports that they would be wanting to get is people from NXT, like they did with uh, Cassius Ono coming over for the Newcastle gig date. So maybe mm. something along the lines of that, you can maybe see some from NXT being involved. I wouldn't be surprised if they got some NXT guys over on ICW. I think it gives... Uh, obviously, you know, it kind of, you know, NXT is treated like WWE's developmental brand, so it's not quite main roster. I think it still gives them a bit of flexibility to do independent promotions. I know, like Chris mentioned, the Cassius Ono and things like that. So, I mean, yeah, I mean, I'd be happy to see, you know, I mean, maybe Velveteen Dream in ICW doing a match for... Last year, uh, WWE sent Noam Dar to yes. Shrugs yeah. Who's Party in July. Uh, for a promotional appearance with Insane Championship Wrestling. So obviously he came home to a hero's welcome. Um, it'd be interesting to see whether a similar arrangement could be made for the British audiences with, you know, say, uh, Kelly and Dane, Big Demo. Big Demo would Nikki, be good, Nikki yeah. Nikki Cross, Nicky Storm. True! <laughs> True. <laughs> <laughs> Who said that? It's quite, it's, quite, it's quite sad that so many other names come up and then, like, their big NXT champion was, like, said last. I would say uh, Big Demo would come back. Would he come under as Big Demo or would he come back as Kelly and Dane? I, I think we've seen, we've seen Cassie Zono as Cassie Zono knocks as hero. Um, but we are, like, even seeing like Alistair Black come back because he was big in Sumerian Death Squad as yeah. uh, Tommy End, but seeing yeah, him, that, I don't mm. think he uh, ever had much of a like a singles push. So that's what one of my thoughts towards the square goal was. Maybe we'd see more of the um, NXT or Two Hundred Five Live type talent come back. Um, but then I think that it's a, it's an exciting year again. There is a buzz back to ICW. Mm. We've seen the last few Fight Clubs have been really fun shows to be at. The crowds are back up. People are talking about it again, and there is that determination. Dallas has said it himself as a, you know, they're not number one at the moment, but we're coming to take it back. The the guys that work there seem a lot happier. They're a lot more positive about what's going on. There seems to be a really good team ethic of all the, the social media yeah, the guys talking about being like together, strong and stuff. You kind of seen that one. There's a pretty free loving picture with it on the cage when they're all outside. Uh, they've all built up the cage kind of idea they've got that big team photo Aye, they, they, they do that every fear loving but they, they see them out a lot more and stuff as well like socialising so it does seem to be a proper team and when you've got a team getting back together like it was in the early days where it was people scrapping to get seen that's where you see big things happen it'd be interesting to know what the difference will be in momentum for this year because typically ICW has always been a Glasgow promotion so mm. last year we talked about you know to people perceiving it to have a bit of a slow start but I mean maybe that's just due to the fact that uh, one of their biggest shows of the year was moved to Newcastle away from the hometown audience yes so that I mean obviously that's a fair enough strategy in and of itself but it might have slowed momentum for the Scottish audience yeah See, I think <laughs> I kind of agree with that uh, because I went to the square goal in Newcastle um, so I like I loved ICW for the full year last year I thought it was fast paced loved all the shows but I can kind of see where Stephen's coming from well because you didn't go to the square goal last year I wasn't at the square goal you were, oh, okay. yeah. never, mind. <laughs> <laughs> never mind then I think uh, one of the things we need to remember though is that like ICW has a lot of its own ICW well, stars missing that could be this could be a moment for them to well, come back. Well, this is kind of the final I was going to maybe build into kind of next. We've had a lot of this year where a lot, we've seen a lot more of the your talent come in and the your talent are starting to shine. A couple of examples we talked about in our shows last year with the likes of Aaron Echo and Ravy Davey. Who could you potentially see 
standing out from the crowd. Maybe not just in ICW, maybe just in Scottish wrestling as a whole, because obviously there's more than just ICW. Who do you think might be the next breakout star from this country that we might see develop over the next 12 months? I think it's, in the words of Kevin Sullivan, it's etched in stone that this man should have a massive year. Uh, it's got to be Stevie Boy. Uh, yeah, yeah. Mm. yeah Probably Steve, the star last year. Yeah, Stevie Boy. Yeah. Uh, J- uh, James, you pointed out Stevie Boy's insane ins- King of Insanity match in our, last, our show last <coughs> week. I mean, yeah. do you see this being his year that he'll take the big belt in ICW? Obviously, he's holding the, the PBW belt as it mm-hmm. stands. So, I think he'll add the ICW belt in the coming months. I, I would say I would say it's pre- definitely possible for him to be coming up as like a, a massive contender for the belt. I, I wouldn't say there's anyone else in ICW I'd say who's had like a. a Despite the fact that BT Gunn became the undisputed champion, say Stevie Boy had a better year and he could have a better 2018 as well. I guess it depends what you mean by better year. Stevie Boy's definitely kind of got he, the better yeah. momentum, I suppose. He's, 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 he's risen up mm-hmm. and he's from, I, where, from where he was before to where he is now. The, the, the difference in his standing, whereas BT Gunn was already a really top guy yeah. and just sort of like. That's another notch on the belt for him. Oh, that's the difference. BT Gunn was already considered main event, even if he wasn't holding gold. Yeah, I mean, there is a a lot of names who could potentially kind of rise up. I mean, uh, obviously, Stevie Boy is the main one that kind of sticks in my brain as somebody who's going to have a great year. Uh, I'm thinking, I'm I'm trying to think, I mean, Ravy Davies should continue his feud with with Bram, Mm -hmm. which I'm quite interested about. We may hopefully see that more going forward. Obviously not the square goal because Bram's fighting for the title. There's someone that I'd be very excited to see if they got back to ICW, and maybe someone else in the panel will know this, but... Charlie Sterling kind of just disappeared to us. He did, yeah. yeah he, he's, he's doing a lot of stuff and down in England. He's, he's, yeah. he's been over at OTT. He's in one. Of, he's in a heel stable with Zach Gibson and Shah. Um, he was at uh, Pro Wrestling Elite yeah, last week. Yeah. He's, he's changed his look quite a lot. He's not <laughs> as clean cut and like kind of chiselled and pretty boy as he was. He's got his hair a bit longer. He's now wrestling in tights. He's got a lot of different moves to him, but he is someone. Um, it, it has definitely got a lot to give and probably I, just needs that right break. I pointed out early last year, I think, in a thing about Barramaria where he was in the scramble match and I thought he was one of the standout stars in that match and he seemed to kind of obviously uh, fade away from IC. There wasn't really much ICW after that. Obviously, Stephen said he's over in Dublin doing a lot of stuff, so he is still on the, the UK scene. I think there was a lot of people we've seen come and go in ICW and have kind of short spells. Yes. Like, we'd seen Andy Wilde go away, we've seen him come back, he's got himself in so really, really good shape. Come back. Yeah, and in terms of as often mentioned I go to a lot of the kind of reader shows and trainee shows etc so I think there's a couple of faces we could start to see come up the ranks in ICW this year mm-hmm. um, one of them is, is a guy called Kieran Kelly he's only about 18 he is uh, fighting fantastic. He is, so he's, a, he's, he's fighting your man <laughs> in Mullable yeah he's SWA they've got two nights with Ryback mm-hmm. at the end of March so he's got a match one night with DCT and then the next night is against Bram Right. And that is man against boy. But Kieran's really great. He's he's does he does look really young, um, but he's got great talent. I've seen him against uh, Tyler Bate for Source Wrestling, and he went move for move with him. Didn't look phased. Had it all in. Some of the other Source guys. You've got the Titans of the North for really big tall tag team. They have been doing some stuff with ICW being the guys under the masks. Sorry to break this. <laughs> who it was? Um, Which guys? The so the taller ones. So the, one of the guys that does the the guy who did the the ceremony that they did for changing Jokey into a beach or whatever they're calling her, um, <laughs> he helps him do 
Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. Oh, you talk about the, the whiplash guys. Yes. Ah, yeah, yeah. Hey. Right. Um, spoilers. Guys. Yeah. No. So you heard him do the promo, and he's someone who's got a, he's got a great promo ability. He's done videos for Source as well. Some of the guys coming through GPWA. Um, oh God, I totally forgot. Keefe West, who's won like different bodybuilding competitions, is doing some stuff for PWE. Um, and being managed by Red, so these are guys that I think could take that step up to ICW this year and give it that bit of freshness, because I've seen from the recent WWE trials, we've seen the likes of Polar Promotions, Kenny Williams, all being under that radar now, so I think they need to be prepared, I think maybe they got caught a little short with the number of people that left over the last year or so, and it took that while to build everybody back up. I think they now need to be prepared for it any time. You could lose five six guys, yeah. you need to have your next batch ready. Do you think we'll ever have a Gary Henderson-Simon Cassidy feud <laughs> in the Scottish both, wrestling? Mm, <laughs> they're, they're both lovely men. I believe <laughs> at least one of them listens to the podcast. So. Uh, absolutely. No, that's a joke. That's fine. Uh, but yeah, that's some good guys coming out from the Scottish scene, which is good. Uh, one other question I wanted to ask about ICW, which is been a big question within the inner circles of ICW, and it revolves around the big event known as it's Fear and Loving. There's a lot of concern from some ICW fans that it's not going to be in the Hydro. I believe in Dallas's one night stand show, he said that he couldn't get the, the Hydro was full in November, so it might get moved to December. I think he said that on the first night. I believe one of our own, Nathan Fisher, Nathan Fisher, told me that happened yep. on the first night. So, I mean, what's your thoughts on that, guys? I just opened that one up. Uh, will we see that back in the Hydro? There's a lot of people que- queuing for SECC or SECs is now known this year. I personally would love it to be back at the SCCC. I don't. There's nothing wrong with the hydro, and them not doing the hydro again isn't like a pure slight on them. Like it's not like um, WrestleMania runs Dallas every single year, which is the biggest uh, stadium they've run. Like there's, it's no slight on them to go back to a slightly smaller venue. And the SCCC, um, fear and loathing, I think personally was much better than the the, the two that have came after it well I think did, did we not point this out in one of our shows a few weeks ago that a lot of people thought that the, internally at the, in the company thought that that was the better show yeah it's. I think Shad came out and said that in uh, an interview he did with uh, Snapmare Next yeah. um, I'm not one of these fans that gets cut up about tickets and how many are sold I don't care I'm there because I'm going to a show if there's 100 people there or if there's 10,000 there it doesn't really matter to me personally I don't the Hydro does feel ICW to me is the rough and ready it's not the polished and glossy and the hydro feels too big and cavernous to me and I feel you would get a better atmosphere because I like the likes of the ABC and the Barras feel like ICW more to me if it's not at the hydro, not the worst thing in the world whatever it is, I'll be going it mm. doesn't bother me where it is or what's going on Yeah, um, as long as I can get a pint and I can see some wrestling that's my November sorted as well though, previously it's been billed as like the European WrestleMania. Yeah. And I don't God, I wonder who did that on an article on Glasgow Life. <laughs> 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 but if if they want to, you know if if biggest is best, uh it has to be noted that progress are going to be burning Wembley this year. Yeah. So be interesting to see what kind of audiences the actual promotion. The arena or the pull. stadium? The, the arena, the arena, or the stadium. Yeah, the, the, the stadium. stadium. <laughs> I was like, right, really? <laughs> well, because I'm just saying, NXT had that the the yeah. sort of centre next to Wembley yeah, the Arena. Wembley Arena. Yeah, it's the same one. It's the same one that mm-hmm. NXT ran. Mm-hmm. But I think with that, because there has been a lot of criticism. Oh, ICW only sold four thousand or so this year. So you got a lot of naysayers saying it. It's still last the year. biggest show last year. since the show before. 
Last year, yeah. Last year. <laughs> I'm still getting used to this 2018 look. Um, <coughs> wait, wait till I'm back at work tomorrow. It's um, uh, sign the date. It's still the it's still the top two shows, and then before that, progress have been. And I'm before we start to verge into the progress, progress have been selling out more consistently. The shows sell out straight away. You have to be in right on there at 12 o'clock on a Monday, or you don't get a ticket. The way they're um, Fixing Wembley Arena is, is that they're building their way out the way, so they've got it configured initially for, I think, about 4,000. There's still tickets left on that, but they're still a year out as well, or near enough, about nine months now. It'll be interesting, but the way they're working it is that they're going to build it out to go bigger, and I think that's sometimes where the hydro has been a bit limited, and you've got the hydro, that's it. You can't open up or curtain off certain areas to make it smaller, like you can with the SECC, um, like you can with Wembley Arena, to give it that, but I do think progress probably in the right track. They've got a big. Remember, then they've got ten million people in London. ICW have got five million in Scotland, mm-hmm. six hundred thousand in Glasgow. Mm-hmm. It's very difficult to compare. If they can get the right selling on it, that could be a very successful show for progress. No, totally. Totally. I mean, anybody else get any more thoughts on uh, the feel and love inside the yeah. things? The issue I'm having is I really enjoyed feeding the ring two years ago when it was at the SCCC. I really did enjoy that. And because I'm quite tall, it was easy to see. But it's, like, it's something that, that does factor into it. I'm imagining the amount of people, though, that would go to the Hydro Show last year. Imagine you were standing at the back. Not in a bad way, but I think it's important to get actually like a clear picture of what's going on. From where we were standing, I could see Grado get uh, put through that chair. I could see people dropping off the cages. And I could see all the action. If it was configured differently and there were, there were more people than there were... <coughs> <coughs> Sorry, it might, it might be difficult to actually catch everything that's happening. I think it's why you need a venue with some seating bits as well. Because to be honest, I, I, I was there and I looked around the crowd because I'm, you know, I'm kind of nosy like that, right? Seeing who's coming to an event. And a lot of people in the seats are maybe the kind of people who wouldn't be, couldn't be arsed standing <laughs> for four hours. Thanks. Yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, there are people who, who, who love being up there in the crowd and standing and like, I'm right in the action. But there are people who just want to watch the wrestling and they'll be the people who buy the seats mm-hmm. and they'll be the kind of people that won't go to the SECC. I was very tempted to not go when I found out it was outstanding. I was like, oh, I don't know about that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, st- standing for four hours does take a lot out of you. Because I, mean, I do it for my job as well. Like, I'm standing all the time. Yeah, I mean, because I worked at Battlelands before, and, you know, even just standing working behind the bar for four hours straight, yeah. it, it really kills your legs. And I remember watching Batamania uh, 2016, and that lasted a good, what, three, three and a half hours yeah, or so. I remember towards the end, I thought, my legs are killing me right now. I'm going to, I need to sit down because... Like an Iron Man. Yeah. Uh, I think it's, well, I, think, I guess it's sort of partly down to the fact that you know, the first half was so action-packed and, you know, it just took a lot of energy out of us. Uh, but yeah, I see the, the point of having it in the hydro so people can have the, uh, the chance to sit down. Yeah, because that was one of the main reasons why I wanted to sit at the hydro because I saw nothing apart from what was on the screen at the SECC show um, and a lot of the Paramania shows as well. Yeah, I mean, it's, it's, it's so good. it's better seats. Yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what actually happens. With it. We will probably find out more in the coming months. I mean, if anybody's never actually seen ICW, you've got it available on ICW On Demand on Pivotshare, so you can get all the shows there. So, again, it's, it's, it's well worth the watching. But as we've noted as well, briefly, sorry, Josh, right? Oh, there's a name that James mentioned a few minutes ago that I think is key to the success, uh, and it's Grado. So, this was the first mm-hmm. year, or oh, sorry, mm-hmm. the, the recent Fear and Loathing was the first time that the Grado wasn't on the card for a little while. And I think that 
there's probably no star in ICW that has that ability to pull over the curiosity fan like Grado does because of all the stuff that he's done with BBC and Scott Squad and pantomimes yeah. and things like that. I mean, obviously, we've, we're, I'm going to quickly move on to talk about it. We've also got loads of other ones in the Scottish scene. I mean, uh, Stephen, you mentioned the fact that Grado and Ryback will be headlining a few events yeah. in the coming months. I sure. believe it's the end of April, end of, Mar- end of March? Yeah, end of March. <laughs> end of so March. Just to quickly run over a couple of the big shows that are coming up in Scotland, if you do want to whet your appetite with seeing what the scene's like, some of the more, we call them family shows because there's just not as much blood and swearing, but there's still a really good wrestling show. If you like WWE, these are worth a try. So you've got um, Pro Wrestling Elite are doing their Elite Rumble, so 30 men. 30 big sweaty men, just to try and talk David into going. Um, they're running a show in air um, in March. Then you've got uh, SWA running two shows Friday night, the 29th or 30th. It's around about the 29th, 30th of, uh, of March. You've got a show in Paisley on the Friday night, and you've got the show in Motherwell on the Saturday night, and that's mixed with some of the bigger names in uh, the Scottish wrestling scene. So all the guys that we talk about in ICW, you see them at all these other shows as well. So it's not just ICW having the big events, there's a whole um, cavalcade of events that are pouring through Scotland at the moment. Um, I was trying to lessen down, because I finished, I finished last year on 66 shows, and I thought 2017, 2018, moving to 2018 was going to be less but then yesterday with my Christmas money last week with my Christmas money <laughs> I'm failing massively at this right we recorded it the same day <laughs> the I was brought up to be honest to lie <laughs> but I ended up went yesterday and I got six tickets for different shows that are coming up through the start of the year so Reckless Intent in February ICW got the square go if you want to go and see wrestling it's right on our doorsteps and um, I think there's going to be lots to see and more names coming through big names coming back the smaller promotions getting bigger pulling in some of the bigger names so we've seen Marty Scurll and East Kilbride and Kilmarnock um, these are the sort of names you can see the guys that are selling out the 60, 70,000 stadiums then coming up to a couple of hundred people and get a hot dog while you watch them in East Colbride Brilliant, yeah, so that's some of the stuff that's going to be coming up in this year in Scottish wrestling now coming up in the next part of our show we'll be going and seeing what's going on in the US with our, our friends at NXT and WWE so stay tuned with us while we will bring you some of that and maybe in the time we're away someone will beat David for the championship if David comes back with the title then be surprised but stay tuned and we'll be talking what's going to happen in NXT and WWE Eat, Sleep, Suplex Retweet. Fun fact, uh, as I was growing up, I grew up with a broken bed because uh, there was the mattress, then there was the plank oh. of there was the plank of wood underneath uh, because uh, I choke slammed my brother through a bed. He was a willing participant, but he broke the bed. Uh, it was it was it was it was like similar to mankind going through the hell in a cell in 1998. It was carnage. So that plank of wood has been propping the bed up for about a very 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 long time but I you still, still, have, you, you still, have, I still that have that same bed yeah <laughs> I've like I've upgraded to a PS4 but I've not upgraded to a real bed up until he won the six pack challenge Jinder Mahal had an 80% loss record and then between winning the battle royal and winning the championship he had a couple of wins in between and that only improved up to 75% uh, loss record so that is madness the the WWE, the 50th ever WWE champion has a 25% win record 
had no branding, no merchandise, and was pretty much a jobber for 95% of his career. How the hell do you explain that? You can see how much he loves gender now, can't you? Oh, this is tremendous. I've never <laughs> but, seen something so and then, <laughs> and then the a reason rage. And then the reason <laughs> and then the reason comes out is that there's a massive demographic in India that Vince McMahon being the mad <laughs> business person that he is, decides he wants some of them uh, wants to capitalise on it. And yeah, let's uh, Let's just say, yeah, do we have an Indian guy on the roster? Oh yeah, there he is. Let's put the big belt on him and say, hey, look, India, you're um, one of your home home guys is, is champion. Give us, your, give us your sweet rupees. <laughs> hey, you're alive on there. How you doing? Oh, does that mean I can as well? Yeah. <laughs> oh, Jesus. You're alive. This is, this is, I'm, I'm under so you're much pressure already. You're alive on Eat Sleep Suplex Retreat. Please do not swear. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, uh, what would you like to know? <laughs> How's it all building up? How's things over there? Well, the VIP queue's looking pretty damn big. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just running into the normal queue to see where all the daffies are sitting. See, <laughs> <laughs> that you're there, could you be like a field reporter? And can I'll be a field reporter. Be a field Does... reporter for us. Get, get some noise, oh, the, the, start some oh, chants. Yeah, by the way, the normal queue, the peasants are actually... Yeah, there's a few of them. <laughs> Ask him if anyone has their tops. What would you yeah. like to know for the, for the normal, get, for the normal, first of for all, the peasants? Get a, get a chant going of some sort, any chant, go for it. Who, who, who would you like to talk to? <laughs> 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 first, get a chant going. Get a chant going. Get a chant going. I'll get a chant going in a minute. Poems like. Divas, I think though he's still to an extent keep the sort of Divas tag there for like a money reason. So I don't even completely away from seeing the way sort of portraying women in that sort of light. Yeah, um, we don't have our resident expert in Stacey in the studio today. <laughs> um, so we better not bash Total Divas too much as it was oh, her. I love Total Divas. I, I, I like it as well. I like it as well. <laughs> I've not watched Total Divas, I have watched the first season of Total Divas. It's, <laughs> it's wonderfully, it's a wonderful train wreck of I did not emotions. Even, I did not even know that there's been a spin-off, so that tells you that it's been much more successful than my eyes have seen. There is a show where John Laurinaitis is more charismatic than Natalia. <laughs> Ladies and gentlemen, you're coming live from Eat, Sleep, Suplex, Retreat on Strathclyde! <laughs> Welcome back to this first show of 2018 from Eat Sleep Suplex Retweet. You have just missed the first title change officially of the Suplex Retweet World Title. David, are you okay? I feel sore. <laughs> I got mashed big time. Uh, the thing is, Kaku didn't even know that you were the champion. He was just having a go. <laughs> that was a proper square go in the studio. Yeah, Kaku decided just to lift me out of my chair just for the sake of it. James comes in with an elbow drop and then mashes me, and then um, all of a sudden uh, he's the champion. I'm I sure mean, you deserved it, David. I mean, I just I just blacked out, and then I wake up, and yeah, 
That's all right. Wrestle Kingdom tomorrow will be fine. Hi. I want to watch Wrestle Kingdom to cheer me up. That's what you get for stealing Jinder's gimmick. But then he was defend the brawn of Kwaku was defeated by the brains of my good self. I just took a simple question: What word do you use to give up? And then the new champion is Mr. Louch. No, James is actually the champion now. Yeah, I guess. From what I recall, uh, I think under hardcore rules, we've had the wrestle circus rules. We've had the belt one weekend already. It's ruined. <laughs> <laughs> the, whole, the whole concept's gone to, out the window. I'm just gonna give declare it, to it vacant. Declare it vacant. How, how did you beat me when I was in the toilet? <laughs> you left. Anyway, anyway, anyway. <laughs> David is David is okay because it's Rusev Day. It is Rusev Day. That's all that matters. You look a bit like Rusev right now. The pain, with the pain. Anyway, we have been talking about what we see coming happening in in wrestling. Sorry, going forward in twenty eighteen, we've talked about New Japan Pro Wrestling and Wrestle Kingdom, and we've also talked about what's happening on the Scottish scene. Now let's talk about what's happening in Florida, namely NXT. Guys, are we excited for another year of NXT? Oh, yeah. How could you not be? Uh, you've got you've got some some uh, some big stuff happening with NXT. I think uh, we've obviously got a new champion who's going to be uh, hopefully defending it into the new year. I don't want to see Andrade saying I must drop that too early. Um, the tag scene looks great, which is interesting because like obviously Undisputed Era have just won the belts. Undisputed Era are shocking. Spoilers! Their champion's going into it uh, as well into the new year. And we're going to have a takeover uh, pretty soon at Royal Rumble. So there's obviously a takeover before each big, uh, big four pay-per-view event. So... What's interesting is a lot of women have left NXT recently and they're obviously going towards the main roster so they're going to have to fill the void with that somehow and there's a couple of names floating around. I think I forget her name. There's a, there's a woman hopping over from MMA called Shayna oh, Baszler. Shayna Baszler, yeah. Shayna Baszler. Yeah, so one, she, one of the horsewomen. Yeah, she's renowned as a, sort of like a, ta- a tap-out artist. She's uh, good at getting people to... Submission specialist. Exactly. Tap out artist submissions, you know. Just, These are all bad nicknames for uh, Nakamura. They sound like. Just to say that, um, I read somewhere last week um, that apparently there's now only going to be one uh, UFC fighter going over. No, there's two. Well, no, there's apparently two. now there's only one. Well, well Shayna Baszler's Sh- definitely coming over. I'm pretty sure. Yeah. I, that's a reliable source. I read somewhere apparently. <laughs> <laughs> I read that that possibly. Um, <laughs> But I don't, th- I don't think the most rumoured MMA alumni to be going over is going to go into NXT. I reckon if, if Ronda Rousey makes an appearance, it'll be uh, at the Women's Rumble, which has been announced as well. Women yeah. have their own Rumble match. I'm yeah. looking forward to the Women's Rumble, I actually. I think... Yeah, I mean, we don't. Good. We don't want to talk to, again. We don't want to talk too much about the rumble. No, as we're gonna, we have a rumble show coming up in a few weeks. So yeah, so, I think that'll be one of the defining moments of this year. But we'll talk kind of briefly. Obviously, there is a women's royal rumble coming. In. This is obviously a big breakthrough for women's wrestling. Do you think it's got the potential to be a more of a revolution for the rest for the women's division than the May Young Classic was? Well, like, oh, absolutely. You can't yeah. have multiple revolutions though. A revolution. No, a revolution is the wrong word. It's just words. they can't have a revolution every year. It's just the next step in. Uh, in the progression of women's wrestling, it's not really a revolution, it's more just progression. Where, where I think, where we're saying there about all these revolutions, is that they need to stop having these big huggins about, let's get this, yes, this match going. Spot on. So He's absolutely a, spot a, on, a yeah. comparison I draw to it is, so imagine when they announced the War Games that we talked about last week, 
then imagine they just had offers of pain and sanity and all that all jumping about cuddling each other because they got this first ever match that's what the women's but that's what happens on the women's side the, the heels and the faces going and cuddling and go oh look at us and we're getting all this whereas when they have the men getting the first of a kind match it's still that that they're rivals so i think that's what something i'd like to see finish this year is we stop having these oh look we're doing this for the women yeah it's just that here's this match and accepting when you start accepting things as the norm that's when people start to see people as equals on that note at the women's first ever money in the bank hell in a cell hell in a cell did they did they do the same oh I won but I'm still so proud of you for doing this match I think they just I went same for it same for I mean money in the bank was personally a a master stroke (coughs) in booking people were so upset and that made Carmella get some real heat Unfortunately, it has dissipated since then. But, um, you yeah, know, I think this Women's Rumble is a good chance to drop the whole, look, it's really good because they're women, they're women, they're women doing wrestling. And I'm like, but we're past that now. Yeah. Where the women the women are regularly stealing the show and they're doing their own thing and it's fantastic. Yeah, because the, the thing that obviously Stephen brought up was uh, they, there was this, on, the, on Raw and WWE, they've got this whole thing with Paige's stable and the absol- absolution are feuding pretty much with the rest of the roster so when this announcement got made it was all like oh yeah we're all we, we're all here because this is women's wrestling I mean, we, we all know now women's wrestling is great it, we're past the point where, where a lot of fans that were past that point with the way it used to be I mean we brought up a lot of things in the Divish era show that yeah. there's obviously <laughs> there is a lot of negatives in that era but a lot of people in the belief that, that that's gone and it was one of the things in that show uh, that Jamie that joined us said and it's something I'm trying to be more careful how I say things now is that I called her a female trainee and she's like no no I'm a trainee you're like yeah yeah and that's where I think we need to stop going oh look at all the wonderful things the women's doing doing aren't they great we just need to start seeing things as wrestling and that's when you really see it becoming it's one collective they are superstars they're not divas they, they are just this one thing and when they start treating things as the norm that's when we'll see things get really different I think there's an extent to which people are treating it as the norm now like they are doing the, it. The, yeah. the marketing's completely changed now. Um, mm, I, yeah, it's just when Stephanie, when Stephanie McMahon came out and said it was like me, uh-huh. a woman, Stephanie, have me done. Uh-huh. Yeah. But like, I just, I just like the narrative around it. I, I think people just need to take a step back and now accept it for what it is. People yeah. are saying uh, a minute ago, I think you said women's wrestling is great. I mean, women's wrestling, wrestling is great. It's okay, and it's terrible. It's like men's wrestling. It's mm. great. It's terrible. It's you know, it's it's everything. It just depends entirely on who the competitors are. Yeah, because there's, there's, I mean, you look at you look at matches like, like like Bailey. Unfortunately, you know she's probably the downside of the women's division at this point. Just the booking and the, she's a good competitor, but you know I think it's, she's an example of someone they've completely given up on. Let down by bad booking. Yeah. That's Bailey's but, but also story. like, if I can ask one question, it's always asked of the men's rumble every year. Who will be strong enough to throw Nia Jax over the top rope? Oh, it's, oh, the question asked them, who can throw Big Show over? Who's going to throw Nia Jax over? Oh, it's going to Probably be the, ask her. It's going to be the standard spot where, like, there's nine of them in the ring and it's going to be individual. I think, Ronda Rousey comes in and just does it herself. Or ask her. Or ask her. Yeah, you never know. You've seen Ask a German suplex, ask Nia Jax before. Speaking of Ronda Rousey, I couldn't find what I read, so. Ah. I'm, I'm taking back what I said but earlier. Retraction. See, if Ronda, Rousey, Retraction. <laughs> if Ronda Rousey did go to WWE, though, do you think they'd be like, oh, I think you need to spend time in developmental for a while at NXT? Nah, I think oh, she, she has. She's been training at NXT for a while. She's training. Um, one of the things I'll go against the women's match is, is just stature-wise. 
I'm a bit concerned about how it will look because we don't see women go over the top rope quite a lot, so it'll be quite an unnatural movement. And that's, to me, looking at it, um, it's just something I'm not sure about. If it work with lower, we've normally had where we've had the, like, the Divas Battle Royals, it was always mm-hmm. on uh, like through the middle ropes or just to touch the floor. Just as an aesthetic, it just may look much more clumsy than the men's rumble, which may be against its favour. We'll talk about that more when we get into the yeah, rumble show. Exactly. Yeah. Sometimes the whole limitation creates creativity and that's where innovation comes in. So I think it'll be exciting. Yeah, so as Stephen said, we'll talk more about that on the Rumble show. But let's move back to what we were actually we were originally talking about, which was NXT. Now, the thing with NXT... <laughs> the, thing with it, the thing with NXT at the, these days is it's, it's becoming more of an independent promotion as opposed to a developmental. Because you're getting so many of the guys who we're all familiar with on the independent circuit. We talked last week about guys like uh, Kelly and Dane and that type of stuff being quite prominent on that show now so the in- independent circuit always, there's always the rumours going about there is currently some rumours on the go about who will show up in NXT for independent scene this year I'm going to ask the panel this question who do you see from the independent scene showing up in NXT over the next year Ricochet is uh, pretty much a certainty Someone's Ricochet is one of the ones who's apparently a certainty the other one are a team who we saw in ICW last year War Machine yeah I'd, I'd love it if War Machine were there. Like, War Machine have that potential to just be, like, I, I'd cut above everybody else. Well, the, that match they had with the Polos was superb. Yeah. So, if they were able to put And that, all, all their Japan stuff has been amazing. Their Japan well. stuff has broke. They've had, they've had a good series with the likes of uh, the Bucks, uh, Roppongi 3K. Is that the right? Am yeah, I, yeah. Am I think the right teams have had a feud with Josh. Is that. Yeah, yeah. I definitely watched their match with Young Bucks from the finals of the G1 or maybe one of the semi-finals and it was just oh it was amazing I'm actually at a phase where I no longer get particularly excited when I see a star going to NXT I think that um, the branding of the show is just completely off for me now it's constantly saying oh you know we're riding a wave we're, we're, we're creating a revolution and things like that but where's it actually going it's going to the, the main roster where you end up with stars becoming very neutral and watered down and it's just not for me anymore but in terms of Stars going to NXT, if Ricochet's going there, that could be very exciting. Although there's been a lot of positives there about War Machine, it's to see there being a conflict with a quite similar gimmick with the Bludgeon Brothers. Bludgeon Brothers, um, Ascension... There's yeah. a lot of similar teams there. Um, it's just, that would be one that would maybe worry to me, is do, do they then get held back a bit more um, on the NXT side, where they've probably got the size and the stature that they could go straight to main roster and do something there. There's a lot of tag teams in the sort of big, um, big guys. I can't remember because there was like four names that were mentioned as being pretty certainties for going in. There's War Machine, uh, Ricochet, but someone else, and I can't think who it is at the moment. I think I've only really remember seeing they two. I remember seeing those two names. I can't really remember seeing anybody else, but there's obviously names that kind of get thrown about who's going to end up on and over there. I mean, obviously, we've had the in the UK, we've had the WWE trial, tryouts in <coughs> was it London, Manchester, no, Manchester. So there's always the potential of the guys coming over from the Scottish scene. I mean, we're talking about Ricochet. We'll go back to Ricochet, actually. I mean, you think there's a potential that he could end up in the kind of mould that the likes of Neville and now Hideo with Tammy have, that they could get chucked in with the Cruiserweights? They'd be missing a massive trick if oh, they put him into 205 Live. No, but so no disrespect yeah. that all to anyone that competes in 205 Live, because they're all incredible athletes. Oh, 100%. But just by segregating them, it ruins it again. We talked earlier on about, you know, talking about the difference between men's wrestling and women's wrestling, when really it's just wrestling. It's the same with the Cruiserweight style as well. As soon as you fence 
so often to its own little thing, it suddenly loses any ability to be fully integrated with the rest of the roster and that means you miss out on a ton of different match types that could happen. Yeah, totally. I mean, the what uh, now I'm thinking about there's always we talk we're, we've looked at the kind of things on the independent circuit. We've also look at, got to look at the fact that at current the current point there's many big talents in TNA whose contracts are starting to wind down. These may be some of the names you're thinking of, uh, guys, when you mentioned it earlier on. There's a big talk. There's a recent rumor that uh, Ethan Carter the Third is trademarking that, that name potentially to use it either on the independent circuit or on a return to WWE. There's been, so just on that, with, with the new TNA Impact Wrestling insert name of the week here, mm-hmm. um, one of the things the new management team of Scott Demore and Don Callis have come out and said is that they're no longer looking to copyright names as a company. So that's probably why we've seen him do that, is that anyone who owns a gimmick there, so that's why we've now seen Woken Matt appear. Mm-hmm. So TNA are almost treating themselves as being almost like an indie type at the moment, where you come in whatever gimmick you've got, you own that and then control it. So the amount of blood and effort they had to go through to try and win that broken case and to lose it, then yeah, they just don't. Um, want, they probably don't want to go through that again. Uh, apparently, the case was more on the side of like they were making it a bigger deal than it was when like Matt Hardy and his, uh, Ruby's side. Mm. They, it wasn't that big a deal. Was that perhaps they were making out to curry favour with to get the fans on side for it. But I, I do see it as being the era of. It's something that Josh said earlier about not getting excited about seeing guys go up. Mm. I think we've seen now in the independent world that WWE doesn't have to be the be-all and end-all. We see lots of people out there earning full-time wages and sometimes it can be a bit of a detriment to see them go, but then if that's someone's dream, then go for it. But like we've seen the guys that went to the last tryout, it would break my heart to see polar promotions go up. But if that's what they want, then well done to them but I don't think that everybody needs to go there well, in previous years I'm look, I've got, I've still got the Wrestle Kingdom card up here on, the, on the, the PC and I'm looking at some of the names and some of them like be good there but a lot of them you can't really see them going up because of the amount of money they're making on the circuit I mean you've got the likes of Will Ospreay Marty Scurll uh, making a ton of money in Japan they're not going to go there anytime <coughs> soon uh, even though they had that big thing where uh, Paul Heyman, the Paul Heyman show uh, well, they gave Will Ospreay the Evolve contract at that point in time and now he's pretty much Told Evolver to go, and now he's been bringing on on New Japan. There's also uh, Josh, you'll, you'll know more about this than me, but there's talk of um, the Bullet Club guys putting on their own event. Have you heard about this? Yes, that is. Oh yeah. yeah. Is, it, is it Chicago? The panel is going to be in the Chicago, New York. Uh, there was a big talk it was going to be in, in Wembley or Scott Thomas. they've been going around basically anywhere they've been doing shows in their latest tour they've been saying this could be where we'll do it like when WWE says we will have a pay-per-view here soon would you like that <laughs> so it has been a bit of a teasing point um, they seem to be doing about kind of various venues and testing the water so so it was, it was, it was Cody Rhodes' response to someone who said you can never sell 10,000 seats or something like that. Was I it Meltzer who said it? Meltzer said he didn't, didn't see Ring of Honor doing it. And then Cody's taking that as a challenge, so that's how they've got their hashtag all in going. Mm. Yeah, they're like, yeah. nah, we're going to see what we've got here. We've got enough guys that we probably could do it in a big market. With do you think they'll sell 10,000 seats? Absolutely. Yeah. Probably. Absolutely. Yeah. I think that with the right venue, I think they would sell it easily. There's no way they would market it entirely on just Bullet Club alone. Yeah. They, they have fantastic connections the, the, big, the big teaser they've got sorry Josh for talking over you there the big teaser they've got is we'll probably go to the WWE chat we'll talk more about is Daniel Bryan's appetite for wrestling and any <coughs> match but well WWE have saying medically no um, everyone else who's been to see and he's got all his tests etc it seems to be fit for most places if they could get his first match on the independence back again 
with that big tease against him against Cody that's something that's 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 your individual selling point that's no. your giving something they're not mm. going to see in a regular show no absolutely see as, as you say we will talk about that now uh, when we go on, now we're going to our WWE chat now we mentioned there uh, and the guys going to NXT and that creates a bit more excitement but there's also the NXT call-ups to WWE now I, not, you we do get that initial excitement with that as we said is oh these are guys are going to go on they're going to be big but we know with WWE's booking that never always goes to plan but we still like to see them potentially go up and maybe try maybe we get a breakthrough with somebody somebody who goes big maybe like some, who would have thought AJ Styles had done as well as he did whoever they thought WWE were going to mock him up so we've got the look, looking at the NXT scale of things at the moment I mean there's always there's a big call ups happening potentially around about Wrestlemania time who in the NXT roster do we think will be show up round about Wrestlemania season maybe the Raw afterwards I mean, David you've got a, a face of aspiration mm-hmm. maybe still recovering from the it's a submission defeat. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's a couple of names floating around. Uh, they were saying uh, Billy Kane, Peyton Royce might come up, the iconic duo. Uh, also, Authors of Pain might yeah. be a call up as well. Uh, but there's also been talk of. Uh, I heard that the fifth name I've heard is No Way Jose. I forgot about no. I forgot no. Really. <laughs> and the entire room's <laughs> size. Has he not been injured for a while though? I think he has. Uh, I mean, I haven't he, seen he, him got, on... he got written off at WrestleMania. Written uh, about WrestleMania time. Oh, was it last year's Royal Rumble? Maybe. I could see. I could he's see. Been away maybe, for a while. I could see Roderick Strong going up. Uh, he's had he's had a failed title attempt. I think it's I think it's too soon for Roderick Strong. I think he's still got a bit of. Well, I don't think it's, there's no such thing as too soon. No, let's remember no, all not. these guys are established wrestlers in their own right before mm. WWE, and they will be after WWE yeah. as well. But you've got it's to just about timing of that main roster product. But it's not about also just getting guys up to the main roster as well. You've still got to keep enough in NXT to keep it exciting, and you know because you can still have established. NXT veterans, as it were, you know, those have been in that particular well, brand. Uh, but I had that with guys like uh, Ty Dillinger was one of the guys. He was like an a, a mm. solid guy in the developmental scene. So I just think if they yeah. want to make a big name of NXT talent, they should just take their time with it and make sure they're being booked properly. I mean, because authors of pain, you know, I think not a lot of people liked them at first because they thought they're just oh, it's just two more big men. But you know, see what their performances were like in the ladder matches and in war games. It, they've really shown they are quite formidable well you were talking there about too, uh, too soon and Josh was saying obviously they're established guys are not too soon but it's obviously it's getting into a gimmick in WWE one of the best examples I think we talked about a few weeks ago in one of our shows was Apollo Crews in my opinion oh. Apollo Crews is a fantastic in-ring competitor he is absolutely phenomenal but he took they, they never they, they hadn't fully developed that you that gimmick in NXT and then they called him up and they were looking probably about a year on now from Apollo Crews's call up and you could pretty much count what he's done on one hand. I missed Titus Worldwide. Where did that go? It's still it's there. It's just uh, it's floating I'm, in the background. I like it. Oh, just honestly, I'm I'm so shocked at how badly Apollo Crews' run with WWE has it's gone. Sad. Because see, when they got the call up, I remember saying to everyone, "I reckon within one year you'll be heavyweight champ." Nah, I was wet. so sure. That, that was quite. He, he's an unbelievable talent. Oh, man. he's amazing. He's not had a chance to showcase anything at all in WWE. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's, it's a shame, but. That's the kind of fact. I think they kind of rushed up his too soon. I mean, a different example that we've got, we look at the, the iconic duo. I mean, uh, Chris, we're not coming to you in a while. I mean, how much do you really think of the iconic duo, Peyton Royce and Billy Kay? I've never watched them because I don't watch weekly NXT. I only watch NXT big event thing. But, but they were at the last takeover. They had the last takeover. I mean, I mean, what, did they, what did they do? They were there when Ember Moon claimed victory. Mm-hmm. Uh, 
realised I made a botch. I realised I made a botch move by going to Chris at this point in time. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> That's why he zoned out. No, um, it was one of them Australian. The two of them Australian. Yeah, Australian. 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 You like Australia? Alright, the Australian ones. Right, okay. Yeah. No, 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 different though. I mean, is any of the name you've we heard some of the names? Is there any names um, that you think potentially right from the takeover shows? It's so, so, so obvious. But the man that has completely physically transformed himself um, over the last like five years or so, uh, and has also quite recently lost the belt, so that could be handy. Um, uh, Drew Galloway seems to be overdue already to go back to the main roster. Over, overdue. Yeah. Overdue. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Of he course. may come back when he's injured. He's yeah. Injured, yeah, yeah. Well, He'll come back when he's recovered. The, the other thing I was going to point out, right, and Josh kind of touched on this earlier, is that, like, so, um, see right now, if you compare WWE to, like, WWF, like, in the late 80s, when the roster was as big as it's ever been because they'd taken all of the top stars from every single one of the territories, uh, WWE just now is even worse than it was then because they've they've basically sapped every big name from every possible uh breeding ground that they can find in in the whole world and um, so i i'd worry about anyone being called up at this moment in time like particular particularly this coming rumble this coming mania i don't want anyone to go up because like <coughs> they're just going to get dropped to the bottom of the pile look at what's happened with uh, Bobby Roode. Bobby Roode was one of my favourite wrestlers when he was in TNA, and I, I've been struggling to find what he's done since he's came to WWE. He was yeah, a fantastic NXT champion. Though. No, he yeah. was really happy. He was great. I quite liked him. Better than Shinsuke's one. And it, it is something, um, as Chris was talking about there, is just the overall size of the roster, and through my research into the WCW show, unfortunately, I to share two weeks ago, <laughs> um, I've, doing, I've kept reading into what happened with WCW and I, I think there's a lot of patterns that I can see being quite similar in terms of the size of the roster. You're getting guys are getting lost, you're not seeing the progression. So you see like the 205 guys, like 205 live guys. Glad we didn't drink today. Um, <laughs> sobering it up from Hogmanay. But you see those guys, th- those guys have now got a ceiling. So they're going to be seen as 205 live guys. You've got the NXT guys. You're seeing them all come into NXT, work up, learn main event style, etc. But then go up to the main roster and then be in short TV matches again and get that. You're getting a lot of people are getting overexposed. And whereas in NXT, they were quite protected because you've seen someone, say, every two, three weeks. So there's that anticipation. And that's why I don't see, and one of the reasons we're giving up in WWE was there's not enough there that you're waiting in anticipation to see something happen. Things come up, things got hot-shotted. Bailey probably should have been the female John Cena. We all expected big things of Shinsuke. Um, Bobby Roode when he came up, natural heel, bring up a babyface because he's got a catchy theme song. There's mistakes being made, but we're not seeing people move up. And that's something with all the words that are going around at the moment about the revival of the XFL and Vince looking for a side venture. Do we see it being that the relationships they've got with Triple H being beneficial if he does take more of a power control and see that being a smoother transition? Is it that discord between what Vince likes and what Triple H likes in NXT, or is it just there's a complacency because NXT is an easier environment that they're not putting that same effort in? When they reach the main roster, it's not all about booking; it's your own effort. I think you guys have hit the nail on the head. They have more talent than they have time to do things with. So. Kwaku, we used to work together a few years ago and I remember something we talked about is you've got to pick the big things and really run with them. If you try and, you know, solve everything, you're never going to achieve anything. So 
Um, they've got so many stars. They're trying to drain the entire world of any top-level talent so that no one else can have them. As a result, they're running out of time to do these stories. So if you look at some of the people they've got on the mid-card at the moment, even though I don't really enjoy him, I find him really quite bland, Bobby Roode, he's on the mid-card. How does Bobby Roode end up on the mid-card yeah, exactly. with that level of popularity? How does Nakamura end up on the mid-card with that level of popularity? What's happening is it's actually devaluing all these guys that have built up a massive brand over the years and then when, when it doesn't quite go their way, it's seen as somehow a demotion when they leave. I actually miss the Attitude Era where not everyone had to be the best wrestler in the world. So we talked a few weeks ago about Vince Russo and some of these mad gimmicks that he came up with. But some of these mad gimmicks were amazing because they actually filled the time yeah. with real entertainment between the actual big wrestling matches. And, and you know, everyone's, they're all talented wrestlers, but like, you know, you'd had like guys like Too Cool, I don't know if that was Vince Russo or not. You loved Too Cool, they were fantastic. Scotty Too Hot, Grandmaster oh, Sexy, you wanted to wear their merch and things like that. You wanted to do an impression of the worm in your living room, bang your head off the floor and tell everyone that you fell. But, but you know, no one was ever saying, oh yeah, Scotty Too Hot is really great, he should be WWE champion. It just didn't work like that. They've, they just don't understand how to tier their product anymore. The other shows as well is that like, and I think um, the whole uh, revival Cody beef um, mentioned, I think Cody said this, that like, see when you're a wrestler in NXT and you have these amazing matches at TakeOver, you have that amazing match because you've basically just practiced that match for the last month and not done anything else. Whereas you got to the main roster and you do Raw, but then you also work for the next five nights and you get two nights off before you work for another five nights doing basically the, the same match there's the 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 i know i know josh you said that these guys don't need um like time to be called up but the style of um the style of performance almost in wwe compared to nxt is so mild, like miles different which is why people like even someone like uh what's his name um bo dallas just went from hero oh, to he zero went, he went absolutely nowhere yeah and you know? and, and almost all, almost all the nxt guys that have came up in the last year um have all been kind of naff like I mean Sami Zayn's probably only just turned himself on a bit better when he started working with uh, Sammy Kevin Owens it's, it's all about booking you, yeah, find yeah. It's all, you find it's all about booking which kind of brings me on to kind of the next point I kind of want to talk about in terms of WWE this year it's always a big thing to, as a booking fantasy booking type thing is the money in the bank uh, it's not always it's something it's, it's not always used as it should be I thought it was kind of used as it should be last year. I was proved wrong with how it ended up ended in with Baron Corbin's failed cash in. I mean, it should be it should be the thing that springboards the next big star. But a few the last few times they've done it, they put it on an established guy, and it's not felt the same. As, uh, this is what I'm going to ask you to get the guy the panel here. I mean, what do we see from the Money in the Bank briefcase? Who do you think? Well, I think it's going to be a Raw exclusive this year. Or is it going to no, be it's a joint brand this year. year. It's now, it's now uh, two matches. Two matches. Two, two matches, two briefcases, yeah. Right, let's go for it. Let's go for it. Who do you think who will have a briefcase by the time we hit June? I'm upset, but I'm pretty sure... I'm upset about it, but I'm pretty sure Dolph Ziggler's going to take one. But he's already held one. Yeah, he'll get it again because that'll be his return thing because he's, he's lost his smile with wrestling and he's coming back. Mm. I can't be bothered with it, but I'm pretty sure it's going to be him. Uh, I'm gonna say either Kevin Owens or Sami Zayn. I think uh, Kevin Owens is a good shout. I mean, I don't, yeah. I, I don't know if I, it's just me that thinks that, but I think Kevin Owens is a really good shout. I think Kevin Owens deserves... I think he's... what With the Universal title reign, I think he got short end of the stick with that Universal title reign. On that note, wouldn't it be good if Kevin Owens won a title before the Money in the Bank, Sami Zayn won the Money in the Bank itself, 
celebrated with them, and then betrayed Kevin Owens instead of the other way around. Mm. Wouldn't that be nice for once? <coughs> I mean, well, not gonna happen, but yeah. I mean, I just I, I see Sammy's just coming. Sammy's just coming in his own as a heel. So and the kind of the duo, but it, it won't last forever. We saw yeah. that with Jericho and Owens. Mm. You know, it'll be like Kevin Owens' super heel turn again. Because I mean, I don't, I cannot see Kevin Owens as a face. I mean, I think he'll always be boots the heel. Yeah. <laughs> all of, uh, all okay. of the, uh, and I say recent, but recent in the last ten years, all of the sort of recent um, big heel turns that have resulted in becoming like a major player in the company and moving from the mid card up, have all started with like someone being a bit of a smug bastard. So if you look at Edge, circa two thousand five. He was just like really, really smug and he just said he was amazing until he eventually won the belt and then it was like, oh crap, he is amazing. And then the same sort of thing happened with The Miz and then the same sort of thing sort of happened with Seth Rollins as well. And I kind of think that if you played off that same sort of uh, narrative of like uh, just saying that you're absolutely amazing, saying you're the best wrestler in the world and being uh, a good heel while you're doing it, could work for Sami Zayn as well. I mean, you're talking there about The Miz. I mean, obviously Miz has won the money in the bank in the past but we're talking a good few years ago now Miz has kind of changed in the, in the eyes of many people I mean could you see Money in the Bank being in the Miz's future again? Possibly or, I mean or is that out yes. of the he's made himself extremely he's the, well. he's, he's the most overdue WWE champion on the roster well it was, was Rolling Stone's wrestler of the year last year yeah it doesn't surprise me he at all. He's, he's absolutely he's made the Intercontinental Championship like relevant mean something again yeah, yeah. Yeah, so I've, the Miz. I mean, I'm, I'm, we talked. We talked a few guys on SmackDown there, like say Owens and Zayn. I mean, other than the Miz, is there anything currently on the Raw roster you could see maybe taking the next step by winning Money in the Bank? I bet it someday, really, really crap like Jason Jordan. <laughs> oh, I hope not. Oh no! no. Oh, I like, I but like now he's Jason Jordan. No, I'm not really? actually. Sorry, I lie. He's not really, really crap. He's just. He's still a bit green round the ears, and he's not deserving of such a thing when he and probably I, will. Because uh, look at look at look at a lot of the past winners that like I personally thought didn't really uh, deserve it at the time. Like uh, I don't I wasn't really massive on uh, the Lone Wolf winning it. I wasn't massive yeah. on what about uh, Sandow winning. Like yeah, Sandow as well seems uh, even Jack Swagger when he won it. I remember just being like, "What is this nonsense?" Um, I I think that uh, one of one of the two briefcases. Uh, will go to someone that you're just like, what the hell are they doing? Maybe even someone like... Uh, Where does Roman Mo- Reigns Mojo- gets it? Mo- oh. Mojo Rawley. I'm saying what if? I'm not saying... Uh, uh, Mojo Rawley is a great heel. Mojo Rawley could win it. Mojo Rawley is a good heel. Mm. I know this is going to sound I don't so like Mojo and so bitter, but I just don't care. I feel like every year the stories are getting staler and staler with money in the bank. There's like no, there's like been nothing fresh in the past few years. It's not really made any new stars, and it's also not really put any existing stars back over. But so this, it, could, this, could, it, could this be the year to change that? I mean, the lap, no, Seth Rollins it's not is a great too example. long since it, Seth Rollins did it. Do you know? But do you know something? That I don't think there was anything good about Seth Rollins' one, except. Admittedly, what? admittedly the cash in was good, right? But it's but you need to think about money in the bank. It's not just about the cash in. It's about the story, the build up, everything around it as well. So Seth Rollins' cash in was great, but I don't think his actual holding the briefcase I was particularly it. exciting. If I had to pick someone that I'd like to see um, win money in the bank, probably have to go to like Nakamura or, or Jinder. I know Jinder's SmackDown, but I don't think I don't think Nakamura needs the briefcase. For a title shot. Personally, I, I think someone like Jinder could maybe do it. 
but yeah, it, that, that, that's the thing though. So it, it should always feel a little bit aspirational, yeah, shouldn't like, it? Think of the best ones. It. The best ones is probably like Edge or CM Punk. Guys that felt a little bit aspirational, not quite made it yet. So see when people like Orton or John Cena win it, you just you just think, yeah. what's the point? See, I, 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 could, I, I could see past an Orton or Cena win. I mean, there's a big rumour that Cena is the bookie's favourite to win the Royal Rumble, which I think would be a disaster, because I think they're just past the, the time of Cena. <laughs> John Cena I, I, sucks. I, I've, I've got a random one. Give it to Braun. Braun because, Strowman? Because you've always got... No, the other Braun. <laughs> <laughs> We've had, in terms of Josh saying, do it something different. We've had a lot of kind of sneaky heels or people try to cash in at the last minute. Have it again, just being somebody who's just going to walk up to you and go, I'm cashing this in, and there's not really much you can do about it. It just gives him a different way because they don't seem to be rushing him to could, a title. Could you imagine like somebody like Sami Zayn winning the title? And then celebrating the ring, and then just goes, bro. Uh, he just comes out, ragdoll someday, and then just, yeah. just something different. Like, apart from apart from CM Punk, how come? Or, or I think it was CM Punk. How come when when it, when someone tries to cash in a briefcase, the other person doesn't just immediately run away? Like no way. Well, I'm not gonna stand here and take this after I've just won a match. Why don't I just go? I'm out of here. I think most of the time because the cash-ins are always on faces and faces have yeah. got to look strong well I mean like because when, when Ambrose cashed it in that time everyone knew it was coming that he was going to cash it in on, on Rollins but I still enjoyed it I was like good good and he had a good run with it but like I think the cash-in can't be expected but also in a bad way it can't be too random like when Corbin came in I'm going to cash it and then for some reason Cena and then Cena squashed him that was pointless so it has to be in the middle somewhere like you said something aspirational I, I think it needs to either go to an up-and-coming guy. I, I think that was the whole point in the Money in the Bank. It was an up-and-comer, somebody who deserves the shot, and then that, that's what kind of sold it. Then they started putting on the likes of Orton, they started putting on Cena, and it just felt like they're just giving them an excuse to have a title shot. I mean, the up-and-comer type thing is how it should be, or somebody who maybe needs a fresh start, and that's just why I think it's not really... I wouldn't... He's uh, made hate me for this, but I wouldn't rule it out giving it to Jordan depending on what they do with him in the next six months. I, I think he's great. I always think, I think he's great in the ring. I just think that this whole thing he's been it's deliberate though. That's he's been the thing. It's going to be if he, if he does if you're meant to think that of him just now well, he is uh-huh. meant to be that he's getting all the stuff when he shouldn't be meant to be so when they do that switch from well, you've got that's gym, the thing though. That's heat. the thing though. They need to give do the switch with them. See if they don't do the switch, it's horrible. But if they do the switch, it's brilliant. Yeah. So that's the kind of thing. Unfortunately, I still think of Jason Jordan as not Chad Gable though. Not as I, he I is. always say Chad Gable yes, is the star. But, but but Jason Jordan is the only man to hold the Ross McNair NXT tag title. He's also Kurt Angle's son. You just took my life. fact of the week there. So <laughs> I think something that I would say is that it goes back to a discussion we had a few weeks ago about being a bit fed up of. Um, match types being pay-per-view events it was so much better when it was just a one-off Wrestlemania staple every year now it's like let's have nine money in the banks for one night in a year and it's just losing its point really yeah you kind of see the point with that one the cross-promotional money in the bank ladder match was a good concept because I mean they still had the two brand split Uh, but again if you have guys from like both sides of the roster to in just one match I think that gives it a bit more bit more hype to it yeah. Plus, it because with all these big four pay per views, you know, a cross promotional match is considered a big deal. Yeah. So I think why not just have the one Money in the Bank ladder match at WrestleMania with a uh, inter promotional one. On the note of WrestleMania, we'll move away from in the bank. We'll we'll go into the last ten minutes of this first show of the year. 
Uh, we've obviously re- we've got a WrestleMania preview show coming up, but that's obviously right at WrestleMania. And we'll know more about the card <coughs> there. We're still a good three months away. Let's talk a bit more about WrestleMania. I mean, is there anything that we can see kind of at this point in time? What can we kind of see for WrestleMania? I mean, obviously, by the time we talk about WrestleMania again, it will have changed and we'll know the cards. But what do we think might happen going into the biggest event of the year? There's one that keeps going back and forward, and it's another uh, Let's Steal New Japan's match, and it's uh, Nakamura versus AJ. Whether that's for a belt at the time, three months from now, um, it may or may not be, but I think that's one of the ones I can see happening. Uh, Shane McMahon, Daniel Bryan, probably. See, but we're talking. Daniel Bryan's meant to be. If he's cleared, it will happen at SummerSlam or yeah. some other. Give it to somebody, and if Daniel Bryan decides to leave, that will write Daniel Bryan off. So I think WrestleMania's too soon for that. See, well, because I think he's, he said recently he came out saying there's a, like a thirty percent chance he'll wrestle again with WWE. That the doctors have, they're undergoing the process of like reviewing him again and like seeing whether or not they will actually be allowed to. I don't think they'll publicly ever release whether he's allowed to compete or not. He'll just suddenly do it. And with the with the tension between the Shane McMahon, they like to like build that. a Shane McMahon story. I, I don't know if that'll happen. I, just, I, just, I can just, see just, it. Just remember, though, it's not about whether he's allowed to compete. It's a case of you know, the, a doctor can make the assessment. They have their own standard oh, yeah, of, of what's good it's to compete. Allowed, it's WWE's yeah. choice at the end of the day. Well, that's what I'm wondering whether they, they they're going to say okay. I mean, um, I don't know. I think. You know, they've had the whole concussion lawsuit from so many past stars. Yeah, I think yeah. they don't want to repeat of that again. I think the brain is too sensitive an area for them to touch. I think they would rather... They see it now, he's kind of dwindling, he's dropping power by having him around. He's making good money, he's got plenty of time at home with his young kids. I don't see him wrestling in WWE again. Because no, he, he said he does want to wrestle again, though. He that's wants the to one, wrestle again, though. That's the one thing. The, yeah, the other, not, not in WWE. I do see it being elsewhere, though. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I would agree on that one, I think. The other match that's apparently been rumoured uh, is the John Cena yearly match, which at one point was rumoured to be gender. Now they're talking about giving Cena a match with Braun. I think it's going to be against... I'd much Cena. rather see Cena Braun and just to put Braun over. You would rather Jinder not be on the WrestleMania card. No, no, but no. But he's going to be US champion. Jinder can, can go in the US title match for all I care. I mean, you know what I mean? It is solidifies him as a, as a solid mid-carder. <laughs> oh, does that mean he gets his mid-card ring that he's needed to be yeah. a legitimate champion? Okay. Yeah, he can and, be this US. Time, and this time next year, he'll be champion again! He can be US champion going into Mania. And he'll have deserved it because he's went up the ranks, he's fought them all yeah. off, yeah. he's... he's He's pinned off Ziggler clean. Mm-hmm. Uh, Dude will still hate him. So. No, if he goes down that route and it tells he, him it's a good he, story, I'll be fine with it. He's the one that sends Daniel Bryan to the independent circuit. Uh-huh. The fans hate him. He's booed out the building. And then he teams up with Nick Patrick. <laughs> or, Drew Gall- or Drew Galloway when he comes back. Eventually. 3MB reunion. I was going to say, do you guys think it's going to be Lesnar or Reigns here? Yeah. yeah. Oh yeah, really? certainty. It's, 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 they're set, they're set, I don't think they will. They're set up for Roman Reigns Coronation Part 3. I think they're going to do something else. I don't think they want to do it anymore. Well, I think, well, unless the fans are, well, unless they realise the fans are getting sick of it, I think they're just going to make it happen until it does happen. Like, they rejected 32, they put him over, well, they made him uh, essentially retire Undertaker. I think this time they're going to try and make him dethrone the beast. The other big rumour is that apparently Undertaker's not done. Yeah, that's, 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 that's the big rumour that apparently he's going to show up. At, he's, he's meant to show up at the big Raw that's coming up and he's, he's, they might announce him with a match. There's rumours that they, the, the match with Sting will happen. With the, 25th, the 25th anniversary of Raw. No, that's not good. No. <laughs> Sting's medically retired as well, so I don't see that. Um, 
See, this is all this is all dirty rumors. This is all. Yeah. Like, this then, is, then, then again, he's not. You need to stay off the dark wrestling web. There's some crazy stuff there. From an outsider looking at it. Um, I really don't see what match they've got that pulls I'd probably call myself a casual WWE fan now back in I'll read the results but I don't see, there's nothing across the whole roster they've exhausted so much like they had Braun versus Lesnar look like that was going to be the indestructible force meets the immovable object of years gone by they wasted it on a September pay-per-view um, on the <coughs> network that's something they could have kept and went oh here's Braun that destroys everybody here's Lesnar who destroys everybody that's your mania match um, uh, and there's been things like that and then you see like we're talking about Reigns part 3 etc if they turn Reigns heel everybody's booing him or cheer him so it defeats the purpose of it so I see why they don't do that and I think more people seem to be coming around to the fact that Reigns is bloody good in the ring he, can, he knows the right promo to cut when they give him the right stuff to do or point in the right direction um, he looks like a god. Really he's he's making like Josh have colour on his cheeks for the first time in three weeks now. That's because <laughs> I'm still ill. Yeah, um, so I, I definitely think I, if you don't put Reigns as the top man, who is your top? Who's your face of WWE at the moment? Then, if it's not Reigns, my issue uh, just now, and it's been an issue since Brock won the belt, is that there's no one to beat Brock. Like, it's great to have Brock as champion forever, but, like, much like how I was giving out about Asuka a while ago, um, like, if he just stays like this, then the company's going to be in a bit of a problem because they've got no one that's believable to beat him. It's not believable anymore that Cena will beat him. The only people that's remotely believable that can beat Brock would be Braun or maybe Joe at a push. Anyone else you're just like, I'm not having this. I'd love to see Joe. How, yeah. However, yeah. I saw something online recently which would make a lot of sense. Uh, a person that's got a lot of star power um, a person that's um, would draw quite a lot of names to WWE, a person who would uh, potentially come back, uh, someone like Batista, perhaps. Oh, he wants to do one last one. No, it, it was a run. It, it was a six-month run. It was a six-month run, which, so which is crazy because the amount of money he's made. Kind of, it could kind of make sense that uh, someone like Batista could beat uh, Brock. However, it goes against everything I stand for because I hate people yeah. that are just like. The answers to this company's problems are outside of the company. Yeah. Like, like build your own stars. I'm quite um, a fan of building it up from the from the bottom. Yeah. Many events are pretty much becoming the Expendables films. Yeah. yeah. I've got all these stars yeah. from the past, and who Love does it build the next guy? So this is we had an offside discussion about this. As we Lesnar, Lesnar needs to get beaten convincingly by an up and comer yeah. to justify um, him beating the Undertaker. Somebody needs to take that torch from him, giving it to. We can't accept it as being Goldberg. It shouldn't be someone coming back for a short period of time. It needs to be your big, your big next flame grabber. I think WWE have gotten themselves into a stupid situation where their champion has not been here for a year. Uh, he's unbelievable in, in the sense that no one could beat him. And also uh, the other big star, Roman Reigns, people don't actually like him. So I'm, I'm pretty pessimistic for WrestleMania this year. If Lesnar versus Reigns happens, which I hope it doesn't, I would like to see Paul Heyman turn on Brock Lesnar. Oh. Lesnar, 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 leave WWE for good and give Roman Reigns, you know, uh, a little bit of personality behind him. Other than that, I'd like to see AJ Styles versus Nakamura because everyone complains Nakamura's not had a good go in WWE to showcase what he can do. And uh, the other kind of match that I'd like to see on a blue sky thinking level would be Undertaker versus Kane because I think there would be no better way to end his run in WWE with for both of them actually in both their careers in both of their careers yeah double buried alive match or something and on that note it's a good time to move on to my final point of the show we'll talk more about that when we talk about WrestleMania obviously but briefly dressed with names I'm going to ask everybody on the panel 
Who's going to be your break it, your big star of 2017? Chris. Ooh, wait, 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 wait. What are we talking about? Uh, WWE, purely. Worldwide. Ah. Oh. Who's 2018 Superstar of the Year? 2018, sorry, yes, 2018. 2018 uh, Superstar of the Year. Oh, that is so, so difficult. Um, there's a lot of people that could do potentially well, but probably AJ Styles. Steven? In terms of the Scottish scene, this is the year that we get DCT <coughs> getting golden ICW and becoming <laughs> one of the more senior stars uh, that we'll see in more prominent matches, I think. Right. Josh? Uh, I have to go with Kota Abushi. Um, I think I'm going to say I'd like to see more of what Bram can do. Mm-hmm. So I'm just yeah, Bram. Agreed. Interesting. David? I have to agree with Chris. It's going to be AJ Styles again. James? Uh, more Pete Dunne for me. Just more Pete Dunne. Ah, excellent. <laughs> Quark- Quark- Stevie Boy and the Filthy Generation. I thought it was Breakout Star, not like... No, no, no. Cause... Best, big star. Oh, be overall. Oh, oh. Uh, Kenny Omega. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. Seth Rollins. The best. Since I've mentioned Bram, does that mean that I can kind of say that I want to see more of Martina as well oh, in yes. ICW? Mm, yeah. Yes. Yeah, yeah. Not too much of Martina. Agreed. And on that note, that has been the Eat Sleep Suplex retweet. Look ahead to 2018. Hopefully, we get some of those predictions right. The only way to find out is by tuning into us at this time next year. Hopefully, we're still allowed on it. I don't know. (laughs) Next week, not next year. Next year. I said next year. Yeah. Yeah. Oh my god, that show will be long done by then. (laughs) Poor show. You go back. You go back to Newcastle. Right. (laughs) Go join Defiant Wrestling. (laughs) Brock Lesnar of this group, technically. In the sense that no one can beat your radio experience, but you're also a part timer. <laughs> oh my god! Join us this. Ne- join us next week where we'll be back live. Where we'll be talking about wrestlers that divide opinion. And on the panel next week, we'll be have a special guest appearance from a top name Ooh. in Scottish wrestling. Ooh. Is he a wrestler? Is he not a wrestler? You're gonna have to listen to find out. So, so we're we're on live on the 10th of January. 5.30pm at fusiontakeover.com and subscribe to us on iTunes and any podcasting episode. So that is next week talking about wrestlers who divide opinion. But from the team here it's Suplex Retweet. Say bye all. General Bye! Bye bye! Yes, we will see you next week where we are live again. Bye.